0: Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod, and I have a very special guest all the way from Tampa Bay, Florida. We have the 2021 Arnold Classic champion, the 2021 New York Pro champion, Nick the Mutant Walker. What's going on? <laughs> What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I would say not long time no see, but we saw each other a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Yes, we did. Yes, at the Pittsburgh Pro.
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: Yes, well, thank you for joining the podcast, and we get a chance to little bit, wrap a little bit. I know at the show we got to cha- you know a few minutes of talk here and there, but it's always hectic at the shows with all the fans and all the all the people and you guys guest posing and everything else. But yeah. um, let, I guess I have to ask you right now, what have you guys been doing since then? I've seen you also train with you have a new training uh, training partner there in Tampa. Yeah, Kamal. Kamal, how's that been going?
1: It's really good, man. Um for him being 51 years old, it's he, tra- he trains really hard and he's very high volume, which is not something I'm used to. Um so I've been scaling back his volume a little bit, increasing mine a little bit while increasing his intensity a little bit more. So we find like a nice happy medium and it's it's been it's been working really well,
0: so that's great, and he just recently moved there, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he moved. I think uh, the end of last year, maybe beginning of this year.
0: And since so then, he, I saw that you guys also did. I think it was legs with you and Derek as well, right?
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, I did a video with uh, Derek. We did legs. That was that was really good too.
0: That that was funny because I think he put you through an FSC seven workout. Yes, he did. Was that your first FSC seven workout ever?
1: I think my first one that like someone knew how to do it. Yes.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? Somebody knew how to do well, it. Well, I felt it. like
1: some people would, like try and do it, and I, I would do it, and just and I am like this 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 doesn't feel right. There's something wrong here. So when me and Derek did it, I was like, yeah, this is this is brutal.
0: Okay, so this is the first time someone actually walked you through the proper way yeah, of doing it. which how to actually
1: do it, and now I incorporate it quite often.
0: So you're using my program. I, should, I, can I I got to send you some kind of bill or something, brother. <laughs> I gotta send you kind of <laughs> leg,
1: do it on the leg press or leg extension, but yeah.
0: You don't do it on the leg press or leg extension.
1: I do. That's when I do it.
0: Oh, that's when you're adding it because you're trying to get fuller through the legs. There. You yeah. Go. What happened here? I'm back. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's like there was like a screeny view, and it had a little you know, it was flexing. So um, that's yeah, that's my. C- that's your what?
1: That's my that's my uh, cover on my screen. It's me flexing always.
0: You're always flexing. Always. I know that's that's awesome. So <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about how you came up because again, I don't know a lot of the story. I just know a little bits and pieces. I know where you turned yep. pro, but I kind of want to have the listeners who don't know the backstory because there are sometimes it's bits and pieces. You know, back in the day, we used to have the magazines, and the magazines used to be able to give you a little bit of the reference points of when you turned pro or kind of what just what made you decide to go into bodybuilding but i kind of want to walk people through that journey a little bit because it's so personal and i think it's so important because it tells people why and how you were triggered to be able to get to the size and be able to put all of this commitment into trying to be you know mr olympia that's the ultimate goal and so what you know you started training i believe around 13 yeah yeah so and what triggered you into getting into working out was it a sport or was it something that you really wanted to go straight into bodybuilding or was it something like myself where i wanted to just get stronger and bigger to play you know american football
1: uh, no so i was always in a sports uh baseball soccer and football um but when i was when i was a child i was i was molested as a child uh, so growing up from that it, it i i tended to isolate myself quite often um and training was more of the scapegoat for me to just kind of take my anger out and be alone. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm kind of not now, but when I was younger, I was more of a, a sore loser. So being in a team sport and me being one of the good or, the better ones, if we lost, and I know it was because someone on the team wasn't that good. I, I didn't like that, that, that got on my nerves. So I, I steered away towards sports and focused more on just training and not even competing. I didn't even have any intention on competing. I just stopped playing sports because training released a lot of my anger. And it was, like I said, it was, it was just an escape goat for me. Um, and then once I started, um, once I got out of high school, everyone told me I should, you know, I should try and do a show, you know, go into a prep, whatever. So I did my first show when I was 17, I completely bombed it. It was awful. Worst prep of my life.
0: Nick, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but, but dude, you just kind of dropped a bomb on me because I didn't hear that situation. Did Was that something yeah. that you've shared with other people in the past?
1: I, I've shared it um, on one of my YouTube channels. Okay. they my personal one. Um, I kept that inside for years. I mean, it happened when I was 12, actually. Um, and I didn't come out and tell my mother and father until I was... Seventeen or 16, 16. I was a junior in high school, and the only reason why I even came out um, was because at the time, this happened in school. By the way, that that was this the fuck. That's the fucked up part. Like
0: a teacher or so, something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's the fucked up part. It was it was my art teacher at the time. So how that even how would even how I even decided to even come out was there was a student that went home and told uh, his mother that this certain teacher was talking very inappropriately um, to him and so it got all over the news and whatever else and my mom at the time knew um, he he was we were kind of friendly with each other like he was like he was friendly with a lot of the students and she knew i was one of them so she would always ask me like has he ever said anything to you has he done anything to you and i and i lied you know I, i it's embarrassing to admit things like that around that age you know so I was like, no, 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 no. And I absolutely hate lying, period. But I hate lying to my mother, especially. Um, So it was actually one day I was at the gym and um, I just texted my mom and I just I said to her, I said, don't tell anyone. And she said, well, don't tell anyone what? I said, just don't tell anyone. We'll talk later. And then at this time, I wasn't driving yet. So she was like, I'm going to come pick you up from the gym. I said, no, let me finish my workout, please. And then we'll talk. So she's like, okay, fine. So I texted her when I was done. Um, and I get, and she picks me up. She would not move the car at all. She would not drive home from the gym until I, I told her what happened. And it took, I couldn't even look at her. Cause I, I don't think she was expecting me to say what I said. I think she was more so expecting to say like things he he would say, not the fact that I was actually molested. So I couldn't, I couldn't look at her and say, I just, I literally just looked down and I was like, I was, he molested me. And the car was completely silent. And I eventually just looked up and the face that she had on her face, well, the expression that she had on her face was something that will probably haunt me for the rest of my life because you would think someone just killed her child, honestly um so you know we got home from that and you know obviously my brother my father you know we all had a they they know now so um i had to get investigated by the police you know everything else and it was it was tough i mean i, I know he's in jail i actually don't know if he's out or not at this point cuz i know he went in he actually went to jail the day i did t nationals at, against cody montgomery in 2013 or 14 so, and I don't know, I don't know how exactly how long he got, but yeah.
0: Well, that's pretty deep, man. I mean, yeah, I think it's uh very admirable of you sharing the story because there's so many people that go through this type of situation. And, and the reason
1: why I, I'm more open about it now is because I, I did take dark paths at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I got very, and again, they know this now, but they didn't know it at the time, but I got very deep into some hard drugs when I was younger, um, a lot of fights, a lot of partying. And I, 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 there was an incident that happened. I won't really get into that one, but I had, it was a wake-up call where I had to look myself in the mirror and say, if I keep going this way, I'm probably going to end up in jail or dead at some point. Or I, I had to go a different path and completely change my entire life. And the only thing I knew that kept me really going was, was training. It was your so thing. that was decided to start competing. And even though my first show, like I said, was a complete disaster. I just loved the whole concept and the method of it all. And I knew my prep went wrong. So I knew once those mistakes were going to get corrected, I, I would be fine. And you know, that's basically how it started.
0: So when you were going down that dark path what age range were you in?
1: I'd say my worst was 15 to 16,
0: 15, 16 years old Yeah, and getting into the drugs and basically trying to basically check out of reality because mm-hmm. you were still tr- trying to deal with it. Did you end up and end up going through therapy or anything like that? Did,
1: I, I did go to therapy. I, I tried it for a couple of weeks. Honestly, I just, I didn't like it. I mean, I, I felt weird. Kind of Maybe I just had the wrong therapist and I just, I didn't give it a real shot. I didn't really like going and sitting down and talking to a really old lady about my issues. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I didn't really enjoy it. And, and I'm a firm believer, like, yes, do I think those tactics help people? Sure. No doubt. But I'm also a firm believer. Like if you want to get better on your own, you can, and you don't need to do certain things like that. And that was the mindset that I also developed. And you know, I was able to do that. You
0: know, well, that therapy. When did you decide to be able to say, "Hey, look, I this working out is really helping me"? I guess did you realize that that was it, or was it just a byproduct where you just started feeling better, or did you really notice the difference and understand that that's what was helping? That was the form <laughs> of your therapy. When
1: I do think I notice? noticed like that was what was helping, but I also at the same time it was it was a byproduct.
0: Okay, for me. And then you started competing at what age?
1: Uh, I did my first show right after I graduated high school. I, I turned; it was in November. I just turned
0: eighteen. I did it in November. And when were you able to k- get off the drugs to be able to actually say?
1: As soon as I, as soon as I started competing, I, I when I looked at, at that certain day, that was the day right before. I think it was like actually a month before I actually decided to compete. I just, I just said, I, this isn't the life I want to live. You know, and a lot of the things that I was doing, um, you know, fighting wise, my, par- me, my parents used to fight a lot, too. And they, they never understood why until I finally explained, obviously came out. So I knew I was, you know, hurting them a lot as, you know, family. And I knew, again, where my life was going to go if I just kept going down that path. So I, it was, you know, you're in control of your own life. And I, I had to take control of it. And I did that at a you know, pretty good young age. Um, and I think because now I'm more open about it, I like to help people to a degree, not, not even if they went through what I went through, just if you are going through shit, there's ways to fix it if you really want to. And, you know, that's just the way I try to promote it.
0: Well, absolutely. And I think that that's a testament to being able to either find a lot of people when I was growing up, had a lot of problems with drinking. And Mm -hmm. drugs were a thing, but I think the drinking was a bigger thing when I was growing up and it was just more accessible and people would end up finding the solution at the bottom of a vodka bottle versus trying to actually deal with it. And those around me who did pick up training were able to help get through the anxiety, burning off the anxiety. I've talked about it lots of times where that can really help with overall just depression and because of these dark places that might've happened. And obviously you've had a very specifically, you know, harsh case of that. When you started competing, did you realize that that you were doing it because you wanted to eventually become a pro bodybuilder or was it something that you just wanted to kind of dabble in because you were enjoying working out so much that you wanted to just take it to a next level?
1: My first show, it, it was just something I was dabbling in and I wanted to see like if I actually liked it, if I enjoyed it, and I did. And then once I started prep for my second show, like the goal was for me to, a, to turn pro at some point. Like that's, I knew like that is what I wanted with my
0: life. And I believe the year that you did the teen, you're going against Cody, which was one of our guys, you know, at the time. Working yes. And so yeah. <laughs> so I got to go back and look at the photos because I think I remember uh, that year because he had won like think That was his three P. That, that was, a was three his three P. Yeah. Yeah, that was his third one because I remember that now. But I was like, Oh, you don't look anything like that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but uh yeah, what did you weigh at that first show? Or that first national show, I should say.
1: The T nationals? Yes. Was two oh five.
0: Right. And that's such a prestigious show because you know, people like Branch Warren, people yeah. like Jay Cutler, I mean, you know, Cody Montgomery, a lot of teens that I can't even remember. Started off there, and some people start a little bit later, uh, i.e., Phil Heath when he was in his mm-hmm. you know 22, 23, I believe, and then eventually turning pro at 25. But then you have guys that are starting even a little bit sooner and going into that teen national show. That collegiate teen national is such a big show. I think I believe it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, show of the whole entire year because it's such a big show. You have everything from collegiate all the way to teen. And, um, anything in between masters is also, um, I believe it's a, yeah, it's masters all the way to teen. So it's, it's like a four or five day event now, but so from there, was there somebody that you were looking up to when you were going into your teenage years and you were looking at competing, competing, and then starting to come in? What, what, who did you look up to in the bodybuilding world?
1: I say it all the time. Jay Cutler. Jay? I was... He was, he was not the, he was actually the first bodybuilder when I was younger, like very young that I saw and wanted to look like, right. I've seen, a, I saw Ronnie, you know, I, I used to see all the other guys, but I saw Jay and I was like, I, that's what I want to look like. And that was, so what that was, what year? then I got to see him, you know, how he was as a person through videos and things like that. And then I was like, yeah, that's exactly like what I want to be like. And now, you know, moving forward where I'm at now and then be able to call him a friend, you know, that's, that's even cooler. So
0: yeah. Jay's a good dude. Jay's a really good guy. And that was, what year did you turn pro? Uh,
1: 2020,
0: 2020. So it was just COVID a
1: good
0: year. Yeah. So just a couple of years ago, I believe that was North American, correct? Yes. Yeah. Right. And then from there you went on to do your pro debut the following year.
1: No, no, no. I did my pro debut. Oh, was
0: it Chicago? Six weeks later at Chicago. That's right. That's right it was Chicago six weeks later. And
1: then I got, I got fourth there behind. It was a keen, mm-hmm. uh, Justin and, and Max Charles.
0: Yeah. You just jumped from one right into the other, like right yeah. out of the frying pan into the fire with the big boys. Yep. And it was, so let's talk about your progression because if there is anything, it's obviously a very big progression. When you started competing, what was your weight?
1: I started. So do you want like, my, my, uh, the first, uh, my weight, what I weighed on stage on my first show. Sure. <laughs> 157.
0: You're seven pounds heavier than me when I was competing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, uh, and you're a little bit taller than me and it's one of those things. And now you're almost, mm, I think at last time I heard you're on what, 292.
1: Right. What I weigh right now. Yeah. 295.
0: two ninety five. So you must have had some sushi last night.
1: <laughs>
0: 295. And then on your last show, which was the Olympia, what did you weigh?
1: So I, I was 245 there. Uh, but at the Arnold, which I think was my best look out of all three looks of the year. Uh-huh. I was 250.
0: 250. Okay. So you felt like you came in a little bit light.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think the Olympia look was great. Mm-hmm. I just think we were probably a, a little flat. Um, and I do believe at that point my body was probably just overworked. At that point, mm-hmm. from basically being in prep all year long, so um, so I think Olymp- uh, the Arnold prep was probably my best prep as far as you know dryness, fullness, roundness, you know, and everything else.
0: Well, when you started your journey, you were starting to add on weight, and when you ended up going from 150 somewhat pounds all the way up to when you got your pro card, what was your weight when you at the North American.
1: I want to say two two thirty five, maybe
0: two thirty five. And right now, you said your best look is two fifty. So now that you're prepping and you're at two ninety five, where do you feel like you're going to land? Because I, you're just doing the Olympia next, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to go into the Olympia. Where do you think you're going to want to land? What's your goal?
1: Uh, I have a feeling, and because I'm not, I do feel like my conditioning is pretty good at 295 right now, I would say 255, 260.
0: 255, 260. So between a five to 10 pound gain, about 10 to 15 pounds over Olympia, but about five to 10 pounds over the arm look. Yeah. Okay. With just as good conditioning, if not better, correct?
1: I'm hoping better.
0: Yeah. Okay. And now you have also a new trainer. I got to meet him. Sounds like he's a good guy. Um. Yes, and that is now being that's kind of remote though because I think he's up in Jersey.
1: He's in uh, New York right now. Yeah.
0: Dom, Dom, correct? Dom, yeah. Dom, Dom seems like a really nice guy. I just got to meet him just for a few minutes at, in Pittsburgh. But with that, are you guys incorporating different strategies compared to what you were doing with Matt back in the day? Because I know you were working with Matt for a couple of years before that. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, what's Donald the major? What's the major team? strategies? Because everybody. Everybody who asks me, and I'm just kind of giving it a little bit of point of reference, people want to know what do you feel is different when you start when you go from one trainer to another, and yeah. if you can kind of just give give that because you, you, Matt took you far, but now there, there's yes. going to be there's going to be some differences, right? So, what are the main differences right now of what you're doing now versus what you, you were doing previously?
1: What what Dom. Um, I think because he's pretty much got my body down as Pat, like he, he knows it pretty well at this point. He's just very, very detailed, especially when it comes to the diet, the diet matching the training and go, you know making sure we're recovering properly and things like that. And I am saying Matt wasn't like that, but Matt was like more of semi-updates. How do you feel? How do you look? We'll increase food. Yeah, we'll go from there. He's very like... Food matches the training. Like it's very detailed and that's not something I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel it's, it's, it's helped. It's, and I'm progressing very well. Um, the only time it does get difficult and I tell them is, you know, following the workouts is like, if I'm training with someone, mm-hmm. you know, odds, odds are you're not going to follow a specific training that he, you know, your coach has, you're doing because you know, you're training with someone. Um, but I make sure, you know, when I train with Kamal and things like that, like, I do what I'm supposed to, to a degree and that we're, you know, we're both, uh, you know, corresponding on, you know, our training and how we work and Dom, Dom's been cool with that. I've told him that he's like, as long as, you know, you're progressing and everything's going well, it's sure. fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing like a, there's not like a dramatic big difference between the two. I would just say Dom is just a, a little more detailed and like, just really pays attention overall.
0: And do you feel like the food, is the food different? Because I, I would really love everybody to hear what your average, you know, what'd you eat yesterday? W- you know, can you give us a little bit of that? Because people like specifics. When you get up in the morning right now in the off season, where are you? Are you in the middle of a, like a clean bulk? Are you in the middle of a, you know, a bridge? What are you doing right now in between training programs and in, in between just goals?
1: So actually right now we are going to start a little bridge recop phase uh, for a good six weeks or so before we start prep for the Olympia diet hasn't changed yet. um, But like right now I get up in the morning, I do like 20 minutes of cardio. My meal one normally is like 350 grams of rice, uh, five ounces of chicken and and two whole eggs. Um, And then normally I'd have my pre-meal Uh, But since I'm going to train a little later, I had my meal four, which I just put in place for meal two. And that was uh, seven ounces of uh, ground beef with 300 grams of rice. And then after this, I'll have my pre-meal, which is 350 grams of rice, a banana, almond butter, um, seven ounces of chicken. And then post, I'll pretty much not do the same thing, but have seven ounces of chicken. 320 grams of rice and 100 grams of uh, pineapple. And then my meal five would be um, seven ounces of chicken, uh, 12 grams of mac oil, I think, like 280 grams of rice. And then meal six, I would do, um, again, five ounces of chicken, two whole eggs,
0: and then like 180 grams of rice. So your protein is not too high. It's not nothing crazy. It's uh,
1: No, honestly, Oh, I do have a protein shake post-workout too. Okay. Um, but i have for me personally i have found that more moderate protein
0: works best for me especially with higher carbs
1: as far as you know digestion goes and that's i have to pay very close attention to that obviously because of my waist and my main goal is to keep it very tight under control um so i've actually i noticed that actually working with matt so after when we prepped for north americans mm-hmm. i was doing like eight to nine ounces maybe um and I, and I said to him i said let's let's lower it and see what happens i said Cause i don't think i'll lose muscle at all but it might help with my stomach so he said okay let's you know let's at that time i didn't do a protein shake with matt it was just six straight meals so we just did seven ounces of protein for every meal and it, w- it was fine and we honestly stayed with that you know for the, for the rest of the time we were together.
0: So you wouldn't go up or down depending on- No, your it was just seven. Seven. So even if you're going low carbs, it was just seven ounces. Seven, yep. Okay. Yeah, so just for those listeners, uh, Nick has got his body down. I obviously have different philosophies. People are always asking me, what do I believe in? I like to be able to adjust my carbs with my proteins and my ratios. So I do like to go a little higher when I do drop- especially when it comes to calories. But when you drop, you said you go down as light low as hundred, 150 grams of carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Are you dragging ass at that point? Huh? Are you dragging ass at that point? Are you like, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. And you're doing how much cardio during prep?
1: Uh, we got up, I think we got up to about an hour fasted, but that, that wasn't for a long period of time.
0: Okay.
1: Like the, the steady that we were was like 40 for the most part.
0: And that's an hour fasted first thing in the morning and then what are you doing are you doing treadmill step mill or are you doing elliptical what kinds of cardio i do actually
1: you? ride the uh the bike i prefer bike
0: you wear a helmet you ride a bike
1: <laughs> sometimes <laughs> strap strap <on. laughs> Got my feet better.
0: before the podcast started i'd always laugh and m- m- do- nick and i were joking around because he loves to do these uh podcasts i've seen him just random podcasts. he just did one with greg And it was like that look, give him the look, give him the look. look, And it looks like the screen is literally frozen, but this is kind of the, yeah, bro. I'm just answering these questions because I have to, or I feel like I'm trying to be polite. Is that, is that somebody, (laughs) So for those of you that are listening to this podcast, you definitely want to go watch the YouTube version because he has the best frozen face look. It's like, you know, a uh, blue steel, I, you know, that's, that's his version of blue steel. But, um, everyone's like, Oh, I don't know, man. He doesn't look very intelligent. No, that's him telling you that the, the question was you stupid. Are not. <laughs> You're killing me. No, you're not intelligent. This is my way of just telling you you're not intelligent, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to show you with my face. I'm just
1: going to let you stare at this face and keep
0: talking. (laughs) You're so good at that face. Um, Let's go back a little bit and let's talk about the guest posing because I think the big thing was, and I can only imagine you probably wanted to get rid next to big Rammy. And that's, you know, he's the current, you know, two time Mr. Olympia champion. And there's a lot of speculation about how you felt about your placing with the Olympia, which we'll get to as well. But when it came to the guest posing, when you heard that big Rammy didn't show up, I mean, what was your thought process in that whole weekend? I'd love to hear about that because it was such a buzz filled weekend.
1: I mean, yeah, I was a little disappointed. Um, I thought that would have been, especially us being both in the off season. I think that would have been a really good time to see how we stacked really against each other. And, And hopes he's training and I'm training hard. Um, And I think that would have gave people, you know, a a good hype for the Olympia as well. Um, But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I was a little disappointed. I thought it would have been really cool to stand next to him and being able to just kind of also have fun on stage and not have it so serious. But at the same time, let people see like what's going to come for the Olympia, but
0: it happens. Well, what do you think? Do you think that when you were up on stage and you said, okay, I'm basically checked out of being able to go against him because he's not here. He didn't show up. And obviously now I think there's some information coming out. Why or some different things that yeah, he's, put, okay. he's put out? And I know that he's supposed to be planning on trying to come out here from what I heard. But in that point, you got a guy that beat you two guys that beat you. You have Brandon Curry. And then you also had Hunter to Labrada. How did you feel when you guys stood next to each other? How, what was going on in your head during that guest posing a couple weeks ago?
1: I'm not going to get beaten again pretty much. It was fun, but I'm like, not this year.
0: So you're basically saying to yourself, look, this is what I have to offer. And I'm just going to show you how much I'm improving. And I'm not going to be able to get beat by you guys.
1: And I do like, I think, look, everyone's making improvements. You know, I think Hunter's making improvements. Obviously, uh, Brandon didn't look like he was training that much. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he likes to take a lot of time off. So that's how he does his stuff. Um, but I know I, I made quite the improvements and made them quickly. And we still have a very long time to the Olympia. So I'm only gonna make more as soon as we get into prep. And I am and the thing is that no one really understands. And I don't, I don't even know if you know this, but I haven't had an offseason. And you think and I started prep for North Americans in like March of 2020. Right. And then I, I went six weeks later, I went right into the Chicago. And then two months after that, I started prep for New York. And then I had like a little six-week break again before we started prep for the Arnold. And then two weeks later was the Olympia. So since I've turned pro, I've not had an off-season.
0: So this so is the your first off-season since turning pro. And yeah. everything has just been back-to-back-to-back to back to back shows.
1: Yeah. And, then you, and even the, the little improvements I've made from turning pro to even a little bit from Chicago to New York to to the Arnold with barely any off season. And now I just had a over, I'm having over a year to improve and in my mind. It, it's just, it's going to, it's going to be crazy.
0: Well, you know, there's somebody else that also you guys had a little bit of a going back and forth with. And bef- before it was blessing, right? I mean, yeah. it was kind of one of those things that you and blessing last year were going head to head and, you came out the victor and Blessing just didn't seem to peak. Yeah. And, and now Blessing got a new coach working well with George, putting things together. Now, how do you feel about that? Because I heard, like a lot of people have who follow bodybuilding, <laughs> you guys on stage together. And, uh, and honestly, like there are some really, you know, bullshit rivalries out there. And then there's yeah. ones that are kind of like very, they're good and they're very valid. And I feel yes. like that's where I put you to guys where it's, 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 it's some shit talking, but it's also legit where there's some, you know, he's got, he's got some, he's got some strengths to his physique. And even, even though he didn't qualify last year, now he's made improvements. So blessing versus you, what did you say on stage? Cause I saw you guys mouthing some things back and forth and not everybody was able to hear. So when you saw him and he won, uh, you know kind of the stuff that was off the mic what did you guys say to each other
1: oh it was just more so you, you know i i was trying to be polite you know good good job congrats uh-huh. he's just like where's the microphone i need the microphone and i already know he was getting wait
0: wait wait wait, wait. That, that was a little bit of a blessing-esque move so tell me how how a blessing would say it.
1: um hold on let, let me put my blessing case on <laughs> he'd be like give me the mic man i need the mic <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically from that that's when he started it we, we had a nice little banter um i i love blessing but this there's, there's, there's no way it's not going to happen this year <laughs>
0: you're saying there's no way he's going to beat you
1: no no he's not even in my vision
0: so let me ask you this do you think, tell me why?
1: Well, look, he looked great. He, he did. He looked phenomenal. You know, he has a very good physique, obviously, great symmetry, wide back, little waist. Um, but I don't think his legs are going to be where they need to be by the Olympia. Um, I don't think his hamstrings are going to be where they need to be. His glutes are going to be where they need. He has the upper body, right? He just doesn't have the lower half. Yeah,
0: he has a beautiful upper body. And his lower half has improved everyone. Don't say yes. that it hasn't, but you're no, just saying that haven't. it just can't caught up is what you're saying. They're not going to yes. catch up. And I don't
1: Olympia. think, you know, they're magically going to grow a dramatic amount of size by the Olympia. Um, but I do think Blessing will do extremely well at his first Olympia. 100%. I do believe he'll be in the top 10 for sure, but just not, he's, he's not in my vision here.
0: So you think that right now for this year it's not even going to be close is what you're saying no okay so blessing if you're out there would love to have you on the, <laughs> the podcast i want to hear your rebuttal to this <laughs> oh, I <can't> get it. <laughs> so obviously like i said it's very very just it, it does create a little bit of that no it's
1: value. fun and it it's fun is. and i certainly enjoy doing it i honestly i think it's it's good for the sport to have that i mean obviously there's you know limitations here you don't want to go too far and you know other people that will try and do it it won't you know be the same but we have a very good me and me and blessing have like a good connection to where we're able to to do things like that did you ever feel
0: like, like in the last two years this has been going on it was ever to the point where you're like it pissed you off to the point where you're just like really kind of like fuming
1: um in the beginning because I didn't know him, right? Uh-huh. I didn't know who the guy was. And he started to call me out. And I didn't get mad. I remember, so even how it started before New York, right? I, I, don't, I don't know how many weeks out were before we started. But all I know is I was taking a nap on my couch. And I wake up and, I, and my DMs were flooded. And I'm like, what? I, I nap for 20 minutes and I, what's going on? So I'm looking at my phone. And it's just this, this, this guy, I'm like, who the fuck is blessed? <laughs> I have no idea who this kid is. <laughs> and I'm listening. And he's just calling me out on this shit. And at first I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Quite the hype. And we, he would, he, he just kept going. And I'm like, yo, who, who the fuck is this guy, man? <laughs> so now I'm so cause we never, we haven't spoke. I don't know who he is. Nothing.
0: So you guys had never so, communicated before that directly. No, like
1: there was no, like, yo, let's, let's stir some hype. I, you know what I mean? Nothing. Yeah.
0: Cause some of the guys will so, do that. They'll, they'll hit up each other. Yeah. And I won't name any names, but they're usually in the men's physique category, believe it or not. And they no, will, uh, they will sit down and say, Hey, look, let's try to create hype. Let's go ahead and let's do this. And that none of that was going on with you guys. You yeah. literally just came, woke up off the couch, saw that you started getting blown up from friends and people forwarding you messages that he yeah. was talking shit, yeah. and that's how it started.
1: Pretty much, and I, be like I said, at the beginning I got mad, and then after a while I just stopped caring. And just you know, I just kept going with it, and we had fun. Um, and then we saw each other at New York, and we were we were just cool. Like we we, we joked with each other backstage. We joked with each other. We had a great time. And then, you know, we started training with each other frequently. Um, I would travel to Boca and train with him at Red Con, or he would come down and train uh, Revive when I was there. Mm-hmm. And we, we just have fun, man. I've invited him down to come to Tampa if he ever wants to.
0: Yeah, that would actually be cool to see. because, But at the same time, he is taking this very seriously, because I see that he doesn't oh, joke around. He's very serious. Yeah. He really feels like it's zero one, and there's a rematch.
1: No, not this
0: year. Well, that's what he feels, because I can tell because he's very he's dead serious. I've yeah, seen people in this industry that are very dead serious, i.e. Kai Green versus Phil Heath. Where that was they, yeah. yeah, that people know that no, that was not made that was up real. straight. Yeah. That was real. That was real. When where Phil looked like he was just holding back and then there was gonna come to blows, you know, bumping elbows, the you know, the the the, the ponytail getting, getting whipped in, with the ponytail. Exactly. Exactly. So if blessing comes out with a ponytail and he tries to whip you with a ponytail, <laughs> I got some pointers for you, but, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, he's very serious about being able to do that. Do you see that is, I know that you and Hunter, um, how close are you guys?
1: We're good friends. I, I love Hunter. I actually didn't, there's no problem. I actually wish, he would be a little more open so we could stir hype a little bit. Um, I know he's not that type of guy, so I don't like, I don't, when I, when I would do hype with people, I don't want it to be like, um, like you're, you're a dickhead. We're not friends. Like I wanted to make sure like we're all on the same page to a degree now. Um, but I don't, I don't think Hunter rolls that way. So I just kind of let him be, um, We're good friends. I mean, we actually went out to eat uh, a couple months ago before I moved to Tampa. He was down in Revive to hang out for a little while, and yeah, we had a good time. It was good.
0: Yeah, he seems like a really good guy. Obviously, I'm a big fan of his father, Lee, and it's one of those things where I do like the camaraderie that I've seen lately, where you guys have been doing stuff with you with blessing stuff you've done in the past outside of this um, head to head going into this Olympia, but also with the situation with you now being closer to Derek and you guys are living in proximity to one another and you seen him on that stage as well. I'd love to get your opinion on that. What did you feel when he got up on stage or you guys were backstage pumping up because he kind of got thrown in the mix with that, with you guys with big Ramy not being there for the Pittsburgh. What, how did that feel? And what did you think of that situation in regards to what he,
1: so honestly, like, I see Derek almost every day, right? So I know Derek's big. I know that. It wasn't until I saw pictures to where I was like, "Oh shit, Derek's big!" (laughs) I'm like, "Oh oh no!"
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so when you're backstage, it just it's looked like you guys were still in the gym, right? I mean, it was kind of yeah. Because I see him every
1: day. I thought, you know, it was just I didn't really pay. Like I said, I know he's big. Uh, but it wasn't until like, I actually saw pictures of all of us, and I was like,
0: uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that he's got a shot if he decides to go open, if it's something that he decides to go? Because obviously, he, he's still on the fence about it, stuff that we're talking about. and
1: In my personal opinion, yeah. if perhaps he did go into the Open this year, I could see him being in the top five for sure.
0: Without a doubt. So you think he can mix it up with you guys? Mm-hmm.
1: I think uh, him, I don't I don't know his weight obviously at the moment, but I him at a good two twenty five, two thirty, mm-hmm. that's dangerous. That's really fucking dangerous
0: for everyone. Not two fifty not two fifty on stage like some of the other guys think that he should be. <laughs> He was two sixty on stage during the guest posing. All he needs to do is you know come down to two fifty and shredded, and he's going to be able to win. And I'm like two fifty and shredded. That was Phil Heath at a higher uh, you know height.
1: Yeah. So so I think him probably like two thirty, dry out to two twenty five, whatever you know. You guys methods are, and yeah, he's.
0: You know, it, I think it will make. Sense. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that we're going to have to make that decision pretty soon because he is very very. Um, focused, wanting to really improve.
1: He tells me every day, and, I, and I'll tell you this, he tells me, he'll do whatever you tell him to do, but I know he wants to be in the open.
0: Yeah, I do know he wants to be in the open. And, yeah. I, and I think that it's getting to the point where we're going to have to make a decision pretty soon here. But it, at the end of the day, there's different routes to that. And of course, you know, of course. the ultimate goal is to do one more 212 was the ultimate goal and then be able to move in. But now, <laughs> With his weight, he's causing me a exactly problems,
1: and that was one thing I always tell him: like he's he's big, but he's lean. Yeah, he's not just big, you know. So it's like, and I know he struggled last year. So it's you know, what 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 is this year going to be like?
0: Yeah, it's going to be even tougher for sure. Exactly, it's going to be even tougher for sure. But yeah, being on stage with somebody and understanding, or being in the gym with somebody, you see a different type of physique until you get under the lights, yeah. you get a pump, and it can mm-hmm. make. There's guys, gym bodies, and no offense to Dennis James, but, you know, because De- Dennis and I are, are, are friends and good friends, it's one of those things where Dennis always looked like Mr. Olympia in the gym. You get you see him in the gym. And then when you turn around and he would come up on stage, he just wouldn't have that same look. But then you yes, have exactly. other athletes that are the opposite. They go, oh, you look good in the gym, but then you get up on stage and you're like, huh? <laughs> yeah. You get that rounder, bubblier look, and then it's much more impressive by the time that happens. So it is a, quite a bit of difference. But um, let me. T- we haven't talked about Hottie. Let's talk a little bit about Hottie because obviously Hottie was up in there in the top five, you know, last yeah. year. And he's very dangerous at any show. And obviously, I'm a bit biased because of the fact that I've been working with him, and he's one of my athletes. But what do you feel about Hottie? Tell me, you know,
1: Hottie. When I when we were backstage, right when he has a shirt on. I didn't think much of it, I'll be honest. I was like, "Yeah, he's all right. And then he took his shirt off and starts pumping up. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you me? <laughs> <laughs> he was probably the most conditioned guy. You know, I honestly think out of the most conditioned, I-, I would say he was the most, and I was second as far as conditioning goes. But just the way he just looked, I'm like, I honestly – I, I, I said this already. I wouldn't have been upset if he won
0: won the show. yeah, yeah, because he's
1: how, do you, yes, obviously he's smaller than all of us, a little, but he's conditioned. He, he He's proportioned. you know, he he has great lines. like he's there's really no there's no missing points to him. yeah, so
0: yeah, I think he's very complete. and I think that the conditioning is what carries him with that that greenness that he has. For mm-hmm. Many, many years of training, very many, many years of competing. It's a seasoned look with you guys, you and Derek and some of these guys, that takes a little bit of time because you're what 28 now? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. I'm sorry, I'm trying to age you. <laughs> you're like, tell and me, give cool. me that year back, bro. Give me <laughs> that year back. So you're 27 years old. You're super young. And this muscle that you've just put on is super new. And a lot of it has just been here for the last couple of years so it does take time to kind of get that grainier and greener look
1: yeah, the, the mature
0: look. exactly so that continues and you start to peak at your 30s so you got a ways to go with that mm-hmm. and i believe hottie has so much seasoning from all of the training all of the uh, competitions he's done in the past all of those things that he does i mean if you see him train he trains like a freaking animal they call him the wolf but he literally is an animal He is so hungry to be able to do that, and I think a lot of people have seen that, and I think that reflects in his physique. But in the guys that were not in the top five, who else do you see coming up right now that could possibly be that's either new that hasn't competed in the Olympia but are qualified or could possibly be qualified, or people that were not quite in the top five but you feel that could really make some moves up there? Because this is something where I like to get people's opinions because everybody has different opinions, especially when you talked about somebody like yourself who's actually been on the stage and you, you're you very open about your opinion and you don't tend to hold back.
1: No, I think... So one person that hasn't been in Olympia that's going to be in it this year that caught my eye was Samson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think Samson's going to do a lot of... Not, I think he'll be in the top ten this year. Okay, without a doubt. Um, I think Ian will improve. I, I used to, obviously not now, but I would see him every day, um, and I know he he was working extremely hard. Um, and as long as you know Bonac's situations are good to go, I think Bonac's going to shock a lot of people, um, especially with how he looked at the Arnold. I think he had you know, you could say the old Bonac vonak was back um so if he even improves from that that's you know that's dangerous in itself um i would like to see i know a lot of mistakes were went on in and james uh prep um and i think you know he could be really good as, as long as he nails it i do think uh james could be up there
0: yeah doesn't he have a new coach or is that something that
1: no i think he's still working with uh patrick
0: oh patrick okay Maybe it was a yeah. new sponsor. I'm thinking maybe he.
1: Yes. He's with uh, Yamamoto now.
0: Got it. Got it. And he, uh, I believe he used to be with Redcon, correct? Yes. Got it. And at that point now, I, I say the same thing. I think James is somebody who has just waiting, kind of like a blessing situation where mm-hmm. I think, you know, you, you saw a blessing that could have dialed it in. So now he just needs to find the right formula. Now, it doesn't mean he has to change coaches. It just means that they have to try to learn his body and be able to kind of get that body dialed yeah. in properly. Yep. Because for as much as we know, it could have been what I like to call the F up fairy, could have just became in the night before, mm-hmm. the day two days before, because sometimes sprinkling sprinkling that secret sauce on the last couple of days, whether it's yeah, water manipulation, cutting it too soon, cut you know, not cutting it out far enough, or same thing with sodium manipulation. When it comes to those things, it could be a, dra- a dramatic difference. Let me talk to you about somebody that I feel uh we all felt that was going to place a little bit higher in the arnold but brett what do you think about brett with that situation <laughs> look on your face <laughs> with you know with with him because i mean you know he definitely is putting on some massive amount of size
1: yeah um i i just think that might have been a peak issue honestly i don't know if uh, I think they did talk about it. I think they maybe try to feed him too much to give him more of a fuller look.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but I, I think Brett looks better, not not flat by any means, but he needs to be conditioned. He needs to be hard. He needs to be grainy and somehow have that fullness as well. Um, but I, I don't, like I said, I don't know exactly what they're, uh, what they did, but I do think, I think they try to push the food a little too hard on him. And then he came in a little watery um, I think his, his stomach was a little bit extended as well, and it was hard for him to control it. Um, and I mean, that's, yeah, I, I mean, I think if he came in with more of the look he had at Chicago, mm-hmm. um, when he lost the Hunter, I think he would have probably placed higher.
0: So you just feel like they possibly just spilled a bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's also people saying he's packing on muscle too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to, you know, ruin his lines or whatever, but you know, they, I got, they said that about me.
0: I was going to say they could have said the same thing about you. You know,
1: I remember when I did USA 2019, they told me I was tapped out at that point. And, you know, it's, that's why I don't, I don't like to say that about people. Cause you just, you never know. It could have been, been literally the final week that just went wrong. Right. Uh, but I, I think Brett can be great. I, I think Brett can be really good. I just think um, he, because he has a tight waist mm-hmm. the way he does, I don't think o- o- overeating him is the right direction to go.
0: Yeah. And like I said, this this whole thing about the last couple of days, it can it happens to everybody. It doesn't matter what level of coach you're in, you are. Boy, you're it's, co-
1: it's true. You could have the perfect, you could a week out look like you're about to win. Right. And then you get on stage and it's like, whoa.
0: Yeah. And you go through what I call the fog of war, right? The fog of prep. You're trying to get to a certain look. Or you're trying to chase perfection and you'll never hit it you'll never hit perfection but what you're trying to do is you're just trying to make those minor adjustments and sometimes you overcook it and they come in a little bit too full look a little spilled or you feel like okay great you're full and shredded and then by the time they get on stage they start to flatten out for whatever reason so all of these things tend to happen all the time so you have to turn around and learn from the situation, what you did, whether it was a carb issue, whether it was a fats issue, whether it was a sodium issue, whether it was a hydration issue, and then you got to yeah. turn around and be able to take those notes and say, okay, whether they're mental or physical, um, take those notes and be able to learn from them. So that's that's really what it comes down to, especially at the elite level. It's really or, difficult to be able to recreate things by using the same exact variables. You can't mm-hmm. do it. You can't turn Every, around and say, that was Exactly. Every prep is different and your physique and your biochemistry is different. So Mm -hmm. where your body is at that particular point, you can't say, Hey, I looked my best in 2019 at this show. I'm going to go back and do that exact same thing over again. But it happens all the time. I I am at trade shows. I'm at events. I'm at bodybuilding shows and people will come up to me and go, you know what? I looked my best here at this show. I'm going to go back to doing that. And I said, okay, fundamentally, you can do some similar things, yeah. but yes. at the end, if you try to I'm do that, a, it's your metabolism can be different. You have a completely different metabolism. Your metabolism can be much, much faster. So as you are progressing, you have to learn what your body is trying to do. And if you're trying to manipulate water, carbohydrates, dryness versus fullness, those are things that you have to take in consideration of where your body is now versus where it was when you were 10 pounds lighter or if you were coming off of a double prep, or if your body was tired, or any of those things. Because your body creates windows, and these windows are, for lack of a better term, they're opportunities. And if you don't feed at certain moments, you're going to start to go backwards. So I've had it before with my athletes where I found out that they didn't eat when they were supposed to eat, and then they go, I don't know what happened. Well, because you under eight because you didn't add in during those windows. Yeah. And yep. those windows are so important. And I talk about them more and more during my seminars where if you don't create opportunities or, or maximize those opportunities, what you're going to do is you're going to stay the same or even go a little bit backwards because your body won't progress and break those plateaus. So There's- you have to figure that out and you can't make up or extend windows with PEDs or doing extra cardio or any of those things. A lot of them <clears throat> are diet-related. Now, there are little things you can do to help maximize that. But again, I you know I can go on and on about it, but I, I, I won't bore you, anybody here listening to this. But what needs to happen is that people really need to learn about when those opportunities were, go back and be able to say, okay, now that I'm going into this prep, what did I learn? And how did I possibly spill over or became flat because I yeah. you know, cut my sodium too soon, cut my water? I agree. Soon. So those those are the things that I think that a lot of people need to listen to and understand as they go through and understand their body if they're prepping. It doesn't matter if you're getting ready for a uh, bodybuilding show or if you're getting ready for a photo shoot and you aren't really trying to peak. Anytime you're trying to peak, those are the things that you have to learn as you're as you start to progress through your career.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. So again, going into this thing right now. you are you are you worried about any particular person when you're getting ready on you know for the show right now or is it something that your mentality is i'm just kind of fixated on myself or do you like to kind of use that for fuel because everybody motivates differently and i'm very curious because i always try to link in with my athletes to really understand their psyche so yeah. where where is your psyche with that? Is that something that you really motivate yourself by creating those like mental rivalries, or what do you do?
1: I do I do that a lot, yeah. Like I know how to motivate myself, but I also create scenarios in my head when I'm in prep, like every day. Whether it's I have a one with Hadi, or I have one with Rami, or one with Hunter, any of the top four that beat me, I create little you know situations in my head, and it, it'll just boop.
0: And when, when you say you're creating the situations, are you thinking to yourself, hey, I'm competing against this guy in the gym. He's training like this. Or is it more of like pose? No,
1: them? I look at it as we're both on stage and we're we're posing down in front of, you know, the judges. And we, we're, we're like, not I don't want to say going to war, but like we're battling out as hard as we can. And within the training session, that's you have to train hard to present that on stage. So that's that's where I use it.
0: Well, you know, I think that that's a great way of being able to sum up motivation because everybody goes through those tired moments and some people don't realize how to, or they haven't, they don't have those coping mechanisms of how to be able to get through that. So they just kind of, especially I would say amateur people who don't make their living doing this with, when it comes to pros, this is how you get paid, right? Everyone's going for a $400,000 first place trophy. Uh, the Olympia yeah. trophy, the $400,000 check, bigger endorsement deals, all of those things that are tied to winning. But do you see yourself as one of those that you kind of have to like lock down when you get ready for the show and you have to block people out? Or do you feel like you're similar to what you are now in the off season? Cause you're very jovial. You're very, you know, kind of like upbeat, or do you feel like you have to kind of like shut that down? Um,
1: I like this in like the beginning of prep. And then once I hit a certain mark, I locked down completely. And I just, I'm not, I'm no longer the funny, happy-go-lucky Nick anymore. (laughs) And it's like the complete dickhead comes out and we're we're going, we're going to town now. You know, it's, it's strictly gym. That's all I care about. Anything on the outside, you cause me stress. I don't, you no longer exist to me for the rest of the prep. And that's, that's just the way it
0: is. So you basically just push those people outside because that's not on your frequency. Yeah, that's great because I think that that's I hundred percent I believe in that because otherwise it creates a lot of noise that you don't need to deal with. And yeah, do so you know
1: how many times like you know how many people I used to hang up hang up on the phone with that they were like trying to talk to me about like problems? I'm like I you know,
0: I don't have time for this. The best is uh, how are you feeling?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like. I'll just hang out how I'm feeling.
0: (laughs) If you need me to explain to you how I'm feeling at six weeks out with 150 grams of carbs or however many grams of width, that is like
1: unless you're like my mother or something, do not ask me that question. Or my coach, like don't ask me how I'm feeling. Like you know how I'm feeling. (laughs)
0: Let me ask you this. Let's talk a little bit about diet, because I wanted to go back to that. Are you doing f- functional cheat meals? Are you doing structured cheat meals? Because some of the questions I've gotten for a lot of pros is what do these pros do for their cheat meals? Are you doing cheat meals on the regular? Or are you doing them just uh, doing a meal? Or are you doing a, a full day? Talk a little bit about what Nick does.
1: No, honestly, I don't. And, and Dom has to yell at me sometimes. I don't really do cheat meals. Like, periodically you know if you know, a couple of the friends want to go out to eat i'll go out and eat and but up i don't really go out of my way to be like hey, you know what i want a chick-fil-a today or anything i just stick to my meal plan and that's really it like Chick-fil- unless like unless you know i i have to travel you know i will go out to eat and have fun and do all that but like when i'm home i'm pretty i'm pretty much structured the
0: whole time do you know we used to take Jada in and out burger right yeah i've seen the videos <laughs> so do yeah. you do do you do burgers
1: yeah yeah but I mean, look my thing is and I'm, I'm sure you probably already know but i go to the cheesecake factory
0: like, yeah that that's is, that's one of those things that's actually been out there i got heard a couple times that's I, your, that's your I, favorite
1: I, I, people are like where do you want to go to eat i'm, I'm going to the cheesecake factory like, that's they have my they have good burgers they have good steaks they have good dessert good appetite everything is where i need it
0: to be okay to walk us through the last time you went to cheesecake factory what did you eat what did you order
1: I got, um, look, this is going to sound bad because I shouldn't be eating this, but I like their Caesar salad. So I always start. Why with is that Caesar. bad? Because it's salad. It's not a cheat meal.
0: Well, do you like the taste of it? It does.
1: It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, first, I load up all on the brown bread. I'm a brown bread type of guy. I need the brown bread. I don't want the white shit. Give me the brown shit only. Just skip that. I get like three orders of that. I ordered myself a nice Caesar salad and then I like to get the bacon bacon burger with two orders of sweet potato fries. And then I like um, red velvet cheesecake.
0: Are you doing the brown bread with the the butter?
1: No, I'm not a butter guy. I'll be honest. I can just eat that shit regular.
0: Just three loaves. Just load them up.
1: Right down the hatch.
0: (laughs) And then what kind of cheesecake? Red velvet. Oh, is that the only one?
1: That's my favorite. Yeah. And if I'm feeling kind of plain, I like to just get the, uh, you know, banana cheesecake or something,
0: something simple. Yeah. I'm a banana guy. I like banana cheesecake, you know, That's back when I, yeah. When I can find it gluten-free now, because I haven't had it in 10 years, 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody make sure it's gluten-free. Okay. So let me walk, walk me through one last thing, because I really am very curious. I had a couple of podcasts ago, talk about personal life, but I don't want any details, but do you feel that stability matters to you when it comes to your daily? Or do you feel like you have it under control? Because some people I know, and I've worked with in the past, really felt a big difference. They would be, um, and this is not a particular pro, it's an amateur that i used to historic with, <laughs> that said to me, I am going to get this prep right. I'm going to be very stable and i said so what are you gonna do different and he's like i'm gonna get a girlfriend i'm gonna get a girlfriend and i was like why do you need a girlfriend and he's that like can it, instability sometimes well it can depending on who you choose but yes but you see a lot of these people that have that are successful that have that but you know you're one of those few that are sing- single and that i was just checking is that something that you feel on the back end of where you have that support system, or do you feel like you have everything so under lock that you're able to do that? Are you able to just kind of do it yourself with your support team, your coach, everything that you're doing?
1: I see. I I think this is for me, I felt for a majority of my life, I have done every prep alone. So that's just what I'm used to. So yes, for me, I know I I'm, I'm on lock by myself. I don't need that type of stability. But on the other hand, I know if I had that stability, it would just make things a lot easier as well. Um, But I think because I've done it on my own so much and I know I've executed it by myself for so long, Mm -hmm. mentally, I think it's hard for me to let somebody in and be a part of that because, you know, I've also been in relationships where it has created more (laughs) instability than anything. And I'm, again, and I'm the type, again, you cause me any stress.
0: You're going to cut, cut you off.
1: There, there's, I don't even, let's talk it out. Like, no, goodbye. I don't have time.
0: You just delete them from your phone. And,
1: and sometimes I feel like that's a, a bad trait to have because I feel maybe sometimes I should be a little understanding more. Um, but with where I'm at in my career, and I know I apply a lot of pressure on myself, I don't, I like to just kind of escape the whole world. And I know if I'm by myself and I do it, everything by myself, nothing can really go wrong. The only thing I can go wrong is if I let it go wrong.
0: Well, that's a good way to look at it. I think that at the end of the day, as long as you're able to get the job done, there's more than one way to skin the cat, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can be able to do that, it's just that when people are saying, I need this so I don't party while I prep, or I need this so I can stay on top of my diet, I think I mean, that's bad. It is bad. That's
1: I think right. that because it's again, right? It's like, so what happens when that thing is gone? You can't do it by yourself. No. And so I, I think now, again, you should be able to handle it by yourself and bring somebody into it that can support and understand it. That's to me, that's the ultimate stability and ultimate team. But if you're relying on somebody to make you stay focused, it's never going to work never ever
0: now let me ask you about the addiction that people are talking about with bodybuilding right they go hey you know could it be do you think that it's more of the physical aspect of the addiction or do you feel like it's more of the hormonal aspect that people get triggered into this
1: I'm gonna say both I'll definitely say both I think well physical if you're you're referring to looks
0: no, I'm talking about like being able to go through and train to get the anxiety out versus oh, okay. some people go, Hey, look, I went and did a shot of test and I got to go into the gym because it makes me feel like, you know, gives me that, that functional high, that androgen high that people are starting to t- talk a little bit more to about and saying that it could be possibly addictive.
1: Well, I think, yeah, I think it bo- both plays a role, but for me, it, it was always a physical thing, like whether I'm on, I'm bridging, I'm off. It, it never mattered. Training to me was always a physical thing that helped me feel good, helped me, you know, release everything and go about my day. Now I feel if, you know, you're the other way and it's the addiction, in my opinion, that's just going to lead down a path of disaster. Because, you know, we all started training, you know, naturally naturally and i'm sure we all you know got our highs from that just being natural so and then you add the enhancement on top of it and if that becomes an addiction you you're just going to push the envelope much harder and it's it's going to end up backfiring
0: and i think that's huge for all these younger people that are getting into the sport because what they don't realize is the training is what's it's all about at least that's what i believe in and yeah. a lot of people are chasing things in the bottom of a vial or a bottle or whatever. And it's not a you know handful of pills or any of those things. The true testament to training and getting better and improving is training and then diet. And then if you decide to do anything on top of that, that's fine. But even at the situation that you're in, uh, I feel that you've kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rap because – People said, hey, look, these people don't take care of themselves. Look at Nick Walker because he's got some varicose veins or he's got this or he's got that or look at all the size he put on because everybody wants to point the finger to that. But I do want to touch on the fact that you've also been doing a lot of, you know, kind of self-care where you've been getting blood work done and some of those things. So can you talk a little bit about what you've done to make sure that try to minimize any of those situations?
1: Well, yeah. So, well, first let me talk about my varicose veins. I have had them checked. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with them. And I was told as long as there's nothing wrong with them, there is no need to do anything to them. Because sometimes if you uh, get rid of them, they can sometimes come back even worse. So as long as they're fine, they're not giving me any issues. There's no reason to touch them. So I'll clear that part up. But as far as um, the other stuff, yeah, I believe I like to get blood work done after a show. I like to get blood work done even before I go into a prep to make sure everything's good. And I think, you know, me getting my EKG check, my echo done, my calcium score checked. I think that's very important to get done. I would say what, every six months to a year, just to make sure everything's good. I, what, what is the ideal of that? It's like, you don't have to do it as frequent, but I, I feel as bodybuilders, getting those three tests done a little more frequently is just more important because of what we do. Um, but I'm also a fan of getting blood work done, I'd say every four months. Like I said, after you know you, you have a cycle, after a show, whatever the case is, um, before you start, just to make sure everything's aligned and you're good to go. Um, especially with all the deaths, you know, that are happening, it's it's very important. Especially being me, still being young, that my health is in check every time. Because as much as I love this sport, as much as you know, I'll go all in for this sport. I want to win. I don't, I don't want to die. I don't have, I'm not, you know, I have a life to live. I know I have a life after bodybuilding. And again, I know at some point I'm going to get married. I'm, I might even have a kid, but beside that there's life after bodybuilding that I want to explore. And that's a, a lot of things. That's another shit I get for, because people ask me all the time why I don't quote unquote, enjoy life right now. And my reasoning is because I know bodybuilding is not a longevity sport i could be done by the time i'm 33 i could be done maybe when i'm 40 depending where my life is you really don't know but i like again there's life after bodybuilding so for me i like to be 100% focused as long as i can be for until I'm, i decide to you know pull off and be done you know
0: well i think that's a really good philosophy because i think a lot of people try to create balance a little too soon and if you try to create balance too soon you end up creating reasons and excuses for you not to work hard. And I feel exactly. that you're not going to go on vacation for the first couple of years that you open up a business. And this I haven't is- been
1: on a vacation since I started competing. Because I don't, I don't, maybe I should, you know, after competing at the Olympia for a week. Sure. I think that's okay. But I'm just, I, I, I train after the Olympia, you know, I, on Sunday I'm, I'm back in the gym still whether it's, you know, I'm just getting a quick little pump or whatever the case is. For me, it just it just helps me feel good. You know, if I take a vacation, I just feel like my schedule is out of whack. I have I'm losing focus and it, it just messes with me too much.
0: You feel like you might be just feeling guilty? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even like after a show. I love to eat. I'll eat. I'll eat like a good, like an asshole after a show. Even you know the day after, I, I will. But Monday, I'm back on a diet and I'm good to go.
0: How many pounds you put on?
1: Uh, after the Olympia, probably from Friday to Monday, or yeah, no, Saturday to Monday. I think it was like 15 pounds.
0: That's not too bad. No, no, 15 pounds isn't too bad at all. No,
1: because I, 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 the thing is. Like, I know how to, like, I, I eat, but I also know when to Backhand. stop, kind of eat again and stop. So, and I don't, I, like I said, I eat like an asshole, but I don't like gorge myself to where like I'm throwing up neither. Um, but yeah, I like to enjoy after the show. And then I go back on a solid, you know, back on plan. For me, like the, the, what do they call it? The, the, the taste, whatever, the cravings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, they fade really fast for me. Like, I don't,
0: it sounds like, to me I like
1: have, you, you I get a little something sweet in my mouth I'm, I'm, I'm fine
0: yeah you're mentally now satisfied and now you're like okay just
1: give me kind of a muffin and i'm and I'm good you know i'm good
0: yeah but the hunger is basically what's really cool because you're very hungry in terms of just wanting to go to that next level and yeah
1: oh well, you know and again so like i guess that's where i get shit because some people are like maybe you should you know relax a little bit i'm like i'm gonna have plenty of time in my life to relax it's it's pedal to the metal until i'm done you know
0: well you're by the beach you don't go to the beach no
1: i actually don't like sand
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they say don't take sand to the beach <laughs> you don't even <laughs> like sand. <laughs>
1: if, type, if i go i'm not type that i'm the type of guy that wear shoes to the beach i don't i don't want my feet to get all mm-mm. I don't like the feeling of sand in my toes. And then you leave the beach and you get like that icky feeling. I'm not, I you're
0: don't like, like it. You're like, I could get a meal in and go to the gym. Yeah. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. Well, and, but the good thing is, you know that about yourself. So when you do this yeah. type of thing, you know that you're also improving and you don't want to end up skipping a step because if you do, you feel like you may be slowing down. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, these are all things that, Really honestly make a champion. I mean, Jay Cutler, same thing. Ronnie Coleman, same thing. A lot of people that were in that same mindset who became legends in this industry about being able to do that. As long as you're able to keep your health under check, because we all want to see you healthy and have a long career. I mean I'm the first to be able to say that you know I'm a fan I love the fact that um, we joke around I think we have a very similar sense of humor yeah <laughs> when we joke around about stuff and um, so it's always it's always a pleasure but again I mean I really appreciate you taking the time coming on the podcast being able to kind of course, of man, shoot, the, you, shoot, shoot the shit a little bit talk a little bit about the different uh, nuances when it comes to the rivalries and and all of those things and I didn't want to bore anybody with training stuff because at the end of the day you've done Plenty of podcasts talking about sets and reps and stuff like that, yeah. but uh, you know, at the end of the day, in the past, guys. Su- in summary, about the training, I'm going to summarize things. In the past, he was doing hit, and then now he's doing a vol a volume slash hit combination, Um, yeah. and that's what he's been working on. The food: seven ounces of chicken or any kind of protein, beef probably once, maybe a day. Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, are you a fish guy by the chance? Or do you do? No do you way. Like- no, none. you even no. like sushi? Sushi or no, no sushi? No
1: sushi, no fish, nothing, man.
0: Dude, you're like Ronnie. Out, Ronnie, out. Ronnie didn't do sushi either. No. Mm-mm. Wow.
1: If we wow. go out for sushi, just make sure it has hibachi there. I'm a hibachi guy.
0: Got it. Yeah, tell that to Derek because he loves sushi. The guy can I sit know. down and eat 20 rolls.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I've, and, and I have tried sushi. I've tried it multiple times. I'll throw up every time.
0: Really? To that point where you throw up,
1: I've yeah, yep.
0: that's crazy, you and not need, because
1: I'm eating too much. Just I'll, I'll just eat a little bit, and but I'll throw up.
0: Literally throw up, or you just feel like you're gonna throw
1: up. Oh no, I'll throw up, and just because I'll go it, to the bathroom. Like I, I, I gotta throw up.
0: So don't. So no, no. Anybody that wants to have a date with Nick, don't take him out. Like you know any girl. Yeah, don't there?
1: take me to a sushi date because I'll throw up on you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could totally see you doing that too.
1: <laughs> it too bad. I'm like, well, I'm not going to say I don't like it. They were trying to be thoughtful. So well, I'll fake it. And I'll be like, well, nah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But you're not throwing up at the table, right? You're not, you're just at least going to the no, bathroom. I'll go to the bathroom. <laughs> if you can make it to the bathroom. That's, yeah. That's- well,
1: that, that's another thing. Like, if someone's in like mid convo and I'm like, oh, shit, it's bubbling. I, I, I feel bad being like, hold that thought. I got to go throw up. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Would you tell the girl you're throwing up? no
1: i would like just like i gotta pee i'll be right back
0: <laughs> <laughs> out of your mouth <laughs> like yeah. just wow pop
1: some Pop real quick make sure my breath don't stink i'm good to go
0: wow that's amazing yeah i think you would do better off at barbecue so when you get out to yeah. texas we'll, I, we'll,
1: I love barbecue i'm a barbecue guy
0: yeah well we have lots of barbecue here in texas man so next time you're in town we definitely got to take you to barbecue i'm down we'll, we'll plan that out Absolutely. Absolutely. And tell Fouad we got to still do the podcast, man. We've been talking about it forever. We got to...
1: I'll tell him later. I'll text him.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, again, thank you. Um, And also, I just want you to give you a shout out to your sponsor. I mean, Hostel. Uh, Fouad's been doing a great job promoting the brand, promoting bodybuilding. So I definitely want to give a shout out to him. Um, Yeah.
1: He's he's really cool to work with. Um, I thoroughly enjoy being part of this brand. I think it's more um my niche as far as being with like a, a bodybuilding brand um and he's got great people on the team so I, I feel like this is this is a good place for me right now
0: yeah and he has amazing woman by his side by his side summer yeah i've known her for a very long time and um she's definitely his rock you know because i've seen what she's done um just even with other companies she's she's worked uh, for before they started hostel and again um good people Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So again, thank you for all the people that are listening here. If you do like this podcast, please make sure you share it, make sure you subscribe, like turn on your notifications. And also let me know what kinds of questions you'd like for follow-up, because um, we got to do a follow-up for sure. We could definitely want to do do it. Yeah, of course. Yep. It would do a follow-up for sure. And if there's any other rivalries that you guys want to see us talk about, want me to talk about, In future episodes, let me know and I would definitely get your direction and be able to take the podcast wherever you guys would like me to. So again, Hani Rambod, Nick Walker, and that's the truth.